This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey guys, before we get started, I just want to take a quick moment to thank Deer Cam Coffee and Yeti for everything they do to help keep us awake and energized for the whole show to keep you guys entertained. Make sure you subscribe and stick around to all Boner Plant stuff so you can get into chances to win things. And uh, hey, let's have some fun. The BHP Podcast is presented by bowhunterplanet.com. Join the hunt. Support for the Bowhunter Planet Podcast is provided by HHA Sports, Cold Steel Knives, Scott Archery, Burris Optics, Element Outdoors, Reveal Cellular Trail Cams, Deer Cam Coffee. Additional support is provided by Yeti. Everyone, welcome to the Bowhunter Planet Podcast. Myself, Tim Mazarana tonight, along with Jamie Noteboom and Kevin Conlin. And uh, really excited, we got special guests here, Lindsay and Carson Corey. Um, they're with Final Draw. And Lindsay and Carson, really, really excited to talk to you guys, figure out, you know, and tell our viewership here what you guys are all about, how to found, find you. So if you wouldn't mind starting off by just kind of telling us a little bit about Final Draw and the show and uh, how you guys got started. Yeah, man. Thank you. We're excited to be on. And um, pretty much we started this thing, gosh, several years ago. I just, me and Lindsay were talking about it and wanted to kind of do something. So we picked up a camera and just started filming and uh, did not have any clue what it was going to be like trying to get into this industry. It's so tough. Um, you know, going from filming your own hunts and trying to get that first, get the footage down. And then after that, uh, trying to get somewhere to use it. So it's been a journey, man. It's been, it's been uh, fun, but to say we have been super blessed to be where we are is an understatement. That's awesome, dude. So do you guys grow up hunting? What's kind of your personal background growing up hunting? How, how did you guys learn? Who taught you? Yeah. So for me, um, I started hunting when I was really young. I killed my first deer when I was five. Dad got me into it. Um, you know, being from North Carolina, you can hunt at pretty much any age. As long as you have a license, you have a um, chaperone with you under a certain age. So I've just always been in the outdoors. I've absolutely loved it from the time ago, old enough to walk in the woods, follow dad around. So um, for me, it's been something I've always done. We live here on a farm and walk out the back door and go hunting. So we've been super blessed there. And then I met Lindsay. And uh, actually, we met. I'm completely opposite. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Completely opposite. I grew up no one in my family hunts. Not one person. My dad, he'd hunt squirrel. But, I mean, that was about it. Nobody deer hunted or anything like that. And I had friends. We live out in the country. So, we're all just country. And I had all my girlfriends, my best friends, they all deer hunted. And I was always like, why are you wasting your time in a tree? Those poor deer, you know, I was one of those people. And then I started, me and Carson, we we grew up as across the street neighbors. So we've known each other our whole life. Our parents live right across the street from one another. And then we, so we always hung out, but we, um, I guess just started talking. And as soon as we started to seriously date, deer season rolled around. And it was the only time I could see him 
was in a tree and so I decided to just go with him and then I ended up shooting a buck that he had on his trail camera that he wanted and then after that it was I haven't looked back since it's just it, it, I, I was just game on from that day so that's awesome and no, no offense to you Lindsay but Carson can I mean you you kept her after she shot your buck so she's got to mean something yeah. <laughs> You know, I'm going to tell you, she's, uh, she's been super successful. And when we first started, uh, when we were dating, I was like, oh, see if she can shoot. And I remember the first time she shot, it was 100 yards uh, with a rifle. And, and she put two bullets in the same hole just about. I was like, well, that's luck. And then uh, after watching her shoot and then, and then picking up a bow, she was she was one of these things that, you know, she'd make a shot. And I was like, ah, that's beginner's luck. And uh that's when I realized, I was like, man, this girl can shoot. And just, and I'm not just saying it because she's my wife, but just natural talent. I mean, there's a lot of girls out there that get into it, you know, for the TV side of things. She's in it because she's a killer, man. And and uh, once I realized she could, you there? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. We, we yep. can hear you. We just okay. lost video. Gotcha. Um, Once I realized that she could, uh, that she could shoot, I decided to keep her for, for a little bit. <laughs> And a little bit turned into a lot of it. So, no, that's awesome. A little bit, a lot of it. Yeah. I, gotta, I gotta say, that's not a story that I don't think we've heard before with uh, couples couples that hunt together is like growing up across the street from each other and like kind of first date, like, or, or when, like you said, when you're getting very serious, you know, go, going to the yeah. range and doing some hunting, man. That's a, that's a pretty cool uh, story to tell. I love that. Yeah, it's awesome. Oh, yeah. So, and, so uh, you guys kind of, Lindsay. I know you didn't grow kind of, you didn't grow up in the hunting world. Carson, you kind of did. <laughs> what, what kind of created the idea for Final Draw? How did that come about? Um, so we started. Uh, me and Lindsay were filming and, and just trying to get, you know, trying to figure out what we were doing, just getting our foot in the door. And uh, a guy asked if we wanted to be the husband and wife team on his show, and it was a local regional show, and uh, we decided to to give it a try. And after doing it for about a year, it was like, you know, this is something we could do on our own. And, um, I actually met a guy that ended up partnering with us and super great guy. Um, he just ended up going in with me and we started this thing and started off on the hunt channel. I don't know if you remember that. It was a channel. Yeah. Back in the, it was on the, it was on the network for maybe two years, I think on dish or direct one. So we, we, we started there as Southern trophy hunters. We left, that and uh went to pursuit channel for ooh, three or four seasons and that's when we, yeah as final draw and then um sportsman channel came to us and we decided to, to go to sportsman so uh, we've been there since season season three or season four um on sportsman's channel and we're we just aired season five and actually it's still airing it'll start back in january our re-airs awesome so, so- Sportsman channels at just one of the platforms from my understanding that, that people can find you on. Where else can they find you? So Amazon Prime has been growing really well for us. We started there two years ago, I think. And um, that's that's done really well. Now, because we're on Sportsman, our seasons hit Amazon Prime a year behind. Um, we have to hold them for a little while until they get done airing there. And then they go to uh, Amazon Prime. So they're always just a little bit behind. But um, I think we have half of season four maybe up on Amazon Prime right now. Uh, and we, we're starting to get a lot of viewership from there. So I guess that's kind of the way the world's headed. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's all about the, the kind of the streaming instant. You can do all that stuff on your phone now, which makes it very easy. I remember like back in the day when we first started, you know, we were on the tip of the iceberg when it came to like YouTube videos and that kind of thing. And gosh, it's just, it, it's become such a normal part of people's lives to just, you know, stream something on their phone when they have an extra five or 10 minutes. So that, what, what great success, man. I'm happy for you guys. It's awesome. Thank you. Well, we, we've been blessed, man. God's opened a lot of doors for us. I can't uh, deny that one bit. It's, it's honestly amazing for us to be able to be where we are right now. So uh, very thankful on that. Awesome, man. Yeah. And, it, and, it, and I think we, we did a little talking before we, we uh, started the podcast, but you guys got a, you guys got a, a couple kids. How many kids do you guys have? Uh, we got two. two. Yeah. Cool. Cool. How, how old are they? Young? Young? Five and soon to be three. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's, that's, that's kind of, how I got two boys that are about 21 months apart and uh, what a yeah. blessing that is in of itself. And you guys got the best years to come with teaching them how to grow up in the outdoors and everything. So that, that's yeah. such a great opportunity for you guys to be able to do that too. So yeah. that's you, got, you got that five-year-old hunting with you. Oh yeah. She, she's, so I got, we got a five-year-old daughter and a three-year-old or getting ready to be three-year-old boy. And my daughter, she calls herself the camera girl. I mean, she films. <laughs> she does a legit. I mean, she's she's good. Yeah, she count, She uh, filmed a doe hunt of mine just this past season. So. And I asked her. I asked her about halfway through the season. I said, Charlie, are you gonna kill a deer? And she said, I don't know if I'll be able to hunt. She said, I do most of most. I spend most of my time filming, so I really don't get a chance to hunt. I said, God, you sound like my camera. Says <laughs> <laughs> every cameraman ever. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. That's oh awesome. Man. Yeah. I'll tell you, man, when, when, when the rains kind of get passed down over time, like I fully expect like TikTok, and, you know, that we're, we're going to go from these like hour long episodes yeah. back in the day when you're watching public, you know, public uh, TV shows to, to the online streaming to like TikTok, where all of a sudden your episodes are like 30 seconds long <laughs> and just, oh, and God. just incorporate dances. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to see that. Oh, that's awesome, yeah, man. So, so tell us a little bit about 2020. How has 2020 been for you guys? I know everybody's kind of, you know, 2020 has been kind of a crazy year, but more talking about mm -hmm. how the deer season's been going for you. Like, what has your season turned out to be? Can you share with us any of the success stories that you guys have had this year? Yeah, it's uh, it's been 2020. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's 2020. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, we've 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 done all right. It's been a it's been a grind for sure this year. Um, last year we're we're coming off a phenomenal year, and normally when that happens, uh, you kind of brace yourself, at least in the TV world, to uh, to get ready to ride the struggle bus for a year. Or so, um, but no, this year's this year's been pretty decent. Um, out of state's been really good. I just got back from Kansas and Illinois, and. Uh, Kansas, I saw something that was probably the coolest thing we've ever recorded, and um, I was I was sitting in a stand and rattled up two bucks, and I I was looking to my left, and as soon as I got done, put the horns up. I look up, and a mature buck starts coming down the creek, and probably 70 yards, all of a sudden, I hear a stick break to my right, and there's a bucket 15 yards, and he's looking through us, because he's up on a little hill. He's looking through us down at this other buck. I said, well, this is perfect. Um, he starts charging down after the other buck so i draw back try to stop him shoot him and he takes off running well, when he does he runs right past the other buck that was coming up the other buck snort wheezes at him this deer slams on brakes 
turns around, bristles up, and comes in to fight the deer. With no the way. It was unreal. And um, I was able to get a second shot. So, but when, it was was it, when was this? Was this like late October or what, what time frame are you talking? Uh, first week of November. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. That, yeah. yeah I mean, that, was, so, so our, our, you know, kind of like you guys, it's, it's, it's been, a, I've been on the struggle bus this year and we, we didn't hunt or I didn't hunt the last week of October and the first week of November. And I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. I missed the rut and I'm pretty sure you just yeah. confirmed it for me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, what, what, what I saw honestly, uh, and traveling is everything was getting ready to break loose and then it hit 70 degrees across the entire Midwest and the East. And it just shut everything down. I mean, we pretty much missed the entire part of the rut that we're never getting back uh, due yeah. to the nighttime movement and the heat. So, um, 2020. Yeah, it's 2020. <laughs> that's, that's right. So, you know, yeah. I, I'm a big, big believer in uh, everybody watches moon phases and stuff like that. And I, I believe all that has a play in it. But my biggest thing is I feel like weather trumps all. Yeah. Um, you can have a good front come in and it doesn't matter to me on the moon phase or whatever i'm going hunting yeah um, yeah you know, same way if it's absolute perfect moon phase and everything else and it's 75 degrees during november you know it's going to slow things down so i feel like weather's weather's the number one thing out there that mm-hmm. kind of yeah whether i'm standing or not I couldn't agree with you more, man. I, I think that that's, you know, from an action standpoint, seeing bucks moving around or seeing deer, deer movement, period. I, I think that's the number one thing are those fronts coming in and out. You know, we, we had the, uh, the, the worst event. opening gun day ever. Yeah. The, the worst. So, so I did a, I did a ton of bow hunting, wasn't successful. And this year is the first year, believe it or not, I'm 39 years old. The, the first gun hunt I have ever done. Right. You hear so many stories about, gun hunting and how amazing it is and it's the right time the rut's going on and the weather's amazing and just everything and uh my my first gun hunt and i don't know if this this front the the storm system moved through you you guys in uh in north carolina where you guys were at or wherever you guys were hunting at that point in time but we had this system come in that was 60 mile an hour winds warm and rain, rain. <laughs> Yeah. And it was and the, like hold the, the worst down. experience, like gun hunting opener ever. And it was my first one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, dear. You, know you know what we call that down here in the South is a hurricane. Yeah. It's something that doesn't really occur up in Michigan, you know, all that often, but uh, just so happened that uh, the good Lord had a different plan for my, uh, for my deer season this year. And my, and really, to be honest with you, with the uh, level of meat in my freezer. So <laughs> I think I had like eight heavy duty uh, tent stakes and yeah. still almost blew away. Yeah, it was an interesting one. So, so you guys, it sounds like you guys kind of travel all over the place. Um, you guys primarily do whitetail or what, what's your primary species that you guys do? So whitetail's number one. Um, we do bear and turkey every year. Uh, yeah, I've done moose and did an Arizona coos deer hunt this year, and that was a lot of fun. Um, so, but yeah, white whitetails, man, they're tough to beat for me. Uh, I know Lindsay's the same way. You, you know, I can look at elk, and, and you know that's great. I've hunted elk before, but uh, to me, there's no whitetail that's the same. None of them look the same. None of them act the same. None of them think the same. And uh, it's really breaking it down and trying to beat him at his game is, is 
my main goal, and that's what gets me fired up while I'm in the woods. Yeah. So. Hey guys, this is uh, Dave. Sorry, I'm on, but I for some reason my video won't come on. But um, I I do have a question. When you talked earlier about um, you know, the struggle of creating the show, I, I can you like break into that a little bit more because I know a lot of shows or people out there and they're trying to make a show and they really want to. It's something they really want to do. And I mean, I have my advice for things like that, but it's, it's, it's more important for someone like you to give some advice since you guys have something like what you have and you've built it up. What advice can you give people on, on that part of it? If you hear no, keep going. Yeah. <laughs> Don't take that for an answer. <laughs> yeah. I, honestly, from, from what I've seen, just, just in this um, industry, everybody, everybody gets into the filming side of it and the TV show side thinking that, Hey, we're going to get sponsorship dollars. We're going to get paid, you know, we're going to make money and, and, and that's all good and well, but that doesn't, that is not uh, in these days, that is not a reality um, at least for the first three or four years. I mean, it's just, it's a grind and um, you know, where we've been very blessed, but at the same time, you know, you have to grind it out. And I, the main thing I would give guys, I tell them to film everything, you know, film it and start. And, you know, YouTube wasn't huge when we started. Um, these other outlets weren't big when we started. So really it was, you know, trying to film it and get it out there. Now you have the av availability of YouTube and these other resources that you can film stuff and put it out there and start growing your following. And uh, that makes things a lot easier. But at the same time, in this day and age, it makes things a lot more cluttered. So if, if I were to give anybody advice, it just be, be consistent, you know, um, stay at it and just try to make connections that's the main thing in this industry honestly is is the connections and um having a product that people want to see and being genuine um great advice, you know, with yeah. us, with really us we don't make up anything you know we kind of roll as it goes and it's not you know we don't have the prettiest show you can watch it our our producer matter of fact he came from bone collector so it's a fast-paced style fun show but it's not the prettiest, you know, because everything that we do is the way it happens. You know, we're not going to go back and recreate stuff. Um, if you see it from us, I mean, it's, it's pretty much how it went down. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I mean, we, I think we're going on what 11 years, Tim, it's been 11 years for us. Yeah, it's and, been 11 years, yeah. and I, I will attest to the grind part of it. I mean, being, being, uh, you know, getting it done, doing what you say you're going to do, you know, um, not worrying about sponsorships. I mean, to me, that was always the advice I gave to people was just don't worry about sponsors, just do your thing. And if it works out, they'll come to you. It's just a matter of time, yeah. but you have to grind to get that. Cause if you can't hold your own value, it's not going to work. But the other thing I would suggest, and I would even say it to, to groups like yourself is collaboration. A lot of people miss that part of everything in this industry for some reason. I don't know why. And I'm actually speaking to this at the ATA summit uh, coming up here for ATA show, but collaboration in this industry is very low. And I feel like that's one of the biggest missteps of our industry is just that people aren't collaborating and doing more stuff together and trying to connect somehow with collaborations only because you then not only share audiences, but, you know, those audiences, you might find something new in there that, you know, snowballs to a different area and tries to grow. So definitely, you know, if you're already out there and you have a show and you have a, a network, a website, doesn't matter. Collaboration's key, I think, to, to you know, overall value and success. Well, and you, you know, that, and I hate, you know, I'm going to step out on a limb and say this and I, I'm probably going to get my can slap, but I really don't care. Um, we try to be as honest as we can. This this industry on the TV side of things is super clickish. Um, I'm all for. We want to work with with other shows as much as you like. You said collaboration. I'm 
that's our goal is to try to grow this industry and grow the the sport, not the industry. Um, try to grow awareness for hunting and, and making it fun. You know, that's what it is. We need to get back yeah. to the roots of uh, this is a great sport to enjoy with family and friends and a pastime. You know, growing up, we the way everything works, we have a big walk-in cooler that we keep at our shop here uh, on the farm. And dad always had the cooler open to anybody in our area. And it would be 30 or 40 guys would, would put their deer in there. And we'd hang them up for two weeks. And then every Sunday or every second Sunday, we would uh, get together at six o'clock in the morning. And I still remember this I and mean, we still do it. But I remember when I was so barely walking, but um, we would get together at five, six o'clock in the morning. We'd have a big breakfast. You know, everybody that has deer and there would you know, it'd be 30 guys there, cook a big breakfast. And we would take those deer from the cooler. And by lunchtime, everybody had their own sections. Like there'd be guys out there skinning, guys quartering, guys deboning, guys cleaning, guys grinding burger. And uh, if we would go from, you know, 50 or 60 deer at six in the morning to lunchtime, everything would be cubed, hamburgers, vacuum sealed, you know, your tenderloins and everything else. So that's just, you know, that's a community yeah. coming together and joining the sport. And that's fantastic. And I was the next door neighbor across the street thinking, what the heck are they doing? <laughs> Crazy guy. I'm never, ever, ever dating him. <laughs> hey, I did say that. I did say that. My mom would suggest several times, please don't hang out with Carson. No, Mama, no. And here I am. Lindsay, were they were they drinking beer with that breakfast? I'm sure they were. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. I love it, man. That, that, that's a, you know, that, that's the Dave, Dave hit it, you know, and you, you hit it as well, Carson. Like there's a big community aspect to hunting, right? When you share a passion with somebody um, it just speaks volumes and you can create a relationship in a matter of 10 seconds when you can connect on that level. And I think that's probably one of the most amazing things within this, within this sport that you don't really get within a lot of other sports. Cause there's that competitiveness, who's going to win, who's not. Hunting, it's it's yeah. it's different, right? It's a sport, but there's a different mentality to what's successful and what's not successful. And I think that that's a that's a great great life lesson that you guys are sharing in regards to community and collaboration and all that kind of stuff. So, do you guys do you guys have like a a, a most memorable moment in in the show, a most memorable hunt that you guys have been on? Yes. What's yours? <laughs> So, <laughs> I guess just, I think my most memorable that I always think about is when I killed my, my state record buck with you. It was the day after Thanksgiving, what, like six years ago, mm, seven years ago, that, yeah. um, and it was 17 degrees. Ooh. That's cold for it, where I mean, you guys are at. Yeah. yeah, to y'all it's probably like a heat, a heat wave, <laughs> but to us. That's, that's pretty cold. <laughs> I mean, it was in the morning. Um, we had hunted that night, and so we had left our bows in the tree. I remember getting up in the tree, seeing ice on my bow, and I was like, what am I doing? You know, but I was like, I'm going to get this book. I'm going to get this book. And I was shivering so bad that Carson had to give me his coat. I was shaking so bad. But then... Putting us um, to shame, Carson. <laughs> <laughs> But the, hey, the more that she's going to talk, the more that she's going to realize she's like, gosh, I got a winner. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we came in there 
I came in there to get this buck that we, it was consistent on trail camera. He was missing. He was just a half rack deer. He needed to be shot, you know, just not good genes, but he was a really cool deer, something different. I love non-typicals. I'll take a typical any day, but I love non-typical deer. And so that's what we were in there for. Well, I don't know, maybe two hours into the hunt, Carson, he reaches over to, you know, we were beside each other in the tree. He reaches over and grabs my arm. And I was like, what is he doing? I mean, it was a death grip. Um, I thought he was trying to push me out of the tree or something, honestly. But um, <laughs> I, I looked over at him and I heard him say, and I was like, what is going on? And here, here comes this huge, beautiful, beautiful buck that it, it wasn't a half rack deer. It was just a beautiful, mature buck. Um, and I ended up shooting it and the way the arrow looked, because filming can be very deceiving. It can make your arrow look like it didn't enter exactly where a good spot. So this was like, it hit way too far back and I probably lost the deer. You know, he's, he's all right. He'll make it another year. I was so depressed. Carson and our friends were like, let's just give it a few hours. Well, that was the longest few hours of my life. I was so, I was Googling everything like, you know, what do I do when I, when I hit a buck here? Da, da, da. We ended up going in there um, that afternoon about one or two, and that buck, he fell about 45 yards away from the stand. He was stiff as a board. Um, so I had hit him a little far back. But he, it, the arrow came out perfect, and um, it was beautiful. Then a few years later, there's a guy that we have on our pro staff, Josh, we ended up talking to him and Carson ended up talking to him and they were, we were talking about our past hunts and everything. And Car uh, Josh started talking about this buck that he had on trail camera that this girl named Lindsay shot. And he could, didn't put two and two together that I was his wife. <laughs> and so Carson started, da, 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 and he was like, man, that's, that was my wife. And he was like, she shot my buck. And then <laughs> like, like, I'm sorry I shot your buck, but I didn't see your name on it. Um, <laughs> I just, every time he comes to the house, I show him the mount on the wall. I'm like, you know, you recognize there that? Is. Here, um, <laughs> I love it. I love it. So you, but you said this really quickly, but it was a really important fact. You said uh -huh. you shot state record buck. Yeah. So it's the, uh, State record non-typical uh, for a female with a bow. That is uh, an amazing accomplishment. Uh, congratulations well, on that. That, that, that spring, she shot the state record turkey for a female with a bow. Man, hey, Carson, yeah, you, know you got a bottle there about how, like, <laughs> you know, the more the more she talks, the more you're going to look good. I'm starting to rethink uh -huh. that, buddy. I think, yeah. Lindsay's, I think Lindsay's the catcher. She's the host. This is it. <laughs> You're going to be the camera guy. <laughs> if, you, if you ever need a good guide, I'm one, okay? <laughs> Apparently. Yeah. I love it, man. Now, that's absolutely amazing. Man. Speaking Carson of cold, I was just going to say I wanted to, I'm going to share this with you guys. This is one of the best parts about, first off, about you know recording your hunts and be able to go back and remember them. But for me, when we talked about cold and cold hunts, this hunt here, uh, this is on YouTube, but this hunt – 
uh, I don't know if you guys remember Struther Archery, but back in the day when Struther was around, yep. um, they uh, invited me. They're from Michigan, and they invited me to come hunt their this what they call Strutherville. It's like 300 acres in the thumb of Michigan, and this was my second year in a row of going to this hunt with their marketing manager. And right now, what you see is me at full draw for five minutes on a doe, <laughs> and, and it's so cold. It's like 15 degrees, and it, mm. because of the snow, you can see the snow all over the place this is like the most ridiculous, like cold hunt that I feel like I ever remember doing. And yet it was just a doe, but like one of the best memories for me. And this is why I love the whole concept of filming your hunts is to be able to have this, right. Cause otherwise it's just me having this memory, not be able to share it with anybody. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, after a long hold, this deer finally gives me a shot. I take it, whatever it runs, but I wanted to show you guys like what it looks like in Michigan when it's freaking freezing. And when that, when the sun completely goes out, like right here, it is freaking probably, it's probably like 13 degrees right here. And me not having that glove on hurts really bad. <laughs> yeah. I love, I love hunting a ground blind with a big buddy eater. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> man, so that's, Carson. Yeah, that's not- oh, go ahead, man. Sorry. No, I was just going to say out of a ground blind is something we can't you can't get a deer within 200 yards of a ground blind around here um and let you brush it in it's it's amazing traveling the different the way deer react differently but um anyway sorry that's just yeah no 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 that that is interesting because you know I, i i pretty much exclusively have hunted michigan and i mean there's been a lot of times where there are 10 15 yards in front of my blind and i'm just sitting there watching and you know we're staring at each other looking at each other and and, and, you know, a small doe or, you know, not a big enough buck, you know, just waiting for the next one to come along. And that, that's pretty interesting. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, you're not going there, Tim. <laughs> no, I, I'm, no I'm, not a, you, bro. I'm not, a, to be honest <laughs> with you, like it sounds stupid, but I'm just not, I'm not a heights guy, man. I, I, I lost that a long time ago. I used to be up on 30 foot ladders and all that kind of stuff, but uh I just don't like it anymore. I'm I'm good sitting on the ground with my with my heater and. But would you would you be better if you were up 20 feet but yet seeing giant bucks within 20 yards? Well, I mean, can I say no on this program? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't even I don't if I did I don't think I'd be sitting here. But no, I, you're 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 right in a way. But at the same time, I think part of it is the experience and, and the experience for me, I, I, I love it. I, I ask, I, I don't know why I love sitting in the ground blind. Just me. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you just watch TV the whole time. Lame. Listen, at least I don't play Fortnite, Dave. <laughs> oh yeah. He said, tee yeah, that one up. Opened up that can of worms. They got my cameras off. <laughs> He's probably playing, playing right, right now. now. That's why his camera's off. He probably off. is. Yeah. yeah. That's why his camera's off. Absolutely. Look, they just dropped off too. Cause they had enough of Dave. <laughs> so, so Carson, we got, we got Lindsay's Lindsay's most memorable. You share the most memorable or do you have your own? Uh, I would say for me, um, probably the funniest camp story we have and something I'll never forget is, uh, we were, we were in Illinois and, uh, it was the first, first time we'd ever been to this outfitter and the, and the guy's super nice guy. We've become really good friends. Um, but he's just, you know, those guys that are non-confrontational, just don't want to set up, sell, get anybody upset, you know? And, um, I, with this group, no, I don't know that, but I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah, so he, he's super, 
super non-confrontational. He's like, look, guys, I'm going to put you on this farm. It's a, you know, you got 140 minimum farm beside you, 150 inch minimum farm on this other side. This is the, you know, there's nothing but giants here. I was like, awesome. You know, so we go into this farm and uh, one of the guys that used to be on the show went to a different stand. I went to one, obviously, and the stand they put him in. I'm, I'm riding through this place, man. It looks like a zoo. I mean, there's deer bedded on the side of the road. I was just like, good gosh this is amazing this is what dreams are about right here so uh he said listen don't shoot anything under 130 inches blah 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 i was like all right cool so we're, we're sitting there and uh i get to my stand and the outfitter looks at me he's like man you've just got to trust me i said there is no way a deer is going to come through here and it's running beside this giant river it's called the wabash river in illinois and i was watching guys uh bass fish right 40 yards from me um, little finger of woods that they would have never come into. I was just like, God, this is going to be, you know, whatever. It's our first day. So all of a sudden I get a text from my buddy and uh, one of the guys on the show and, and he takes me and said, Hey man, I think I made a mistake. And I was like, Oh gosh, it's day one. <laughs> he sends me the video of this deer and it's like 110 inches. I said, we're in so much trouble. We're going to get kicked out of this outfitter. And he had a thousand dollar fine. We're sitting there and, you know, I was just, you know, just, 75 degrees. It was a rut about like, you know, the one we just went through, hot and miserable. And uh, I wasn't paying attention. My cameraman was sitting there and we had a couple does come by. So he's over there filming them. And all of a sudden I hear a grunt and look up and there's this buck coming through. And um, it's like, I see him, I see a good frame. I was like, oh gosh, grab my bow. There's probably three or four little holes I could have shot through. And he's coming past us going after those does. And uh, I haven't even taken the time to judge him. I just knew he had a good frame on him. I was going to shoot him. You know, the hunter, the the killer took over instead of the guy that's supposed to be judging and seeing how big the deer are. So, um, anyway, this deer's going through my holes. I'm, I asked my camera, you on him? He didn't respond. You on him? Didn't respond. He goes to my last hole. I said, you on him? He said, yeah. Shot the deer. He runs out there in the field and dies. And as you know, if y'all been <laughs> filming and everything, you know, you go back and hear some of the stuff that doesn't make you big. But uh, I said, is he down? And you can see him out there flopping around the field. I said, is he here? <laughs> and uh, my cameraman's like, and we're already freaking out about my buddy shooting this little baby deer. I was like, is he a good one? He's like, I think so. <laughs> you know, oh, I like, know. <laughs> and I said, oh, gosh, we're both banned. <laughs> so yeah. we, fly down, we fly down out of this tree, run over there, and the deer keeps growing, man. It was It was such a – it's opposite of what always happens to me. You hear ground shrink. It just, it had ground growage. So it was, it was amazing, but yeah, I'll never forget that hunt. So that's awesome, man. That That's a good one. Yeah. I, I think that's the thing, man, is just the memories that you guys, you know, make through this whole process is that I, I, I love that you guys bring your passion to everybody. You bring your, your episodes, to everybody and share what you guys love and how you do it and all that kind of stuff. But it is such a blessing, like you said, to be able to live it alongside bring, being able to bring it to everybody on top of that. That's such an awesome thing. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I got one question. You guys mentioned bear hunting. You bear hunt in North Carolina? Yeah, we bear hunt in North Carolina and in uh, Canada. Okay. Yeah. Yep. The East Coast of North Carolina actually has uh, some of the biggest bear in yeah, the country. Sure. Oh, is that those ones that eat the fish and stuff? Yeah, well, they eat hogs and they're they like, eat all the time. Aren't they like monster size? Like they eat 
800 pounds. Yeah, seven. I think 820 is the biggest one. Uh, uh, 820. Or so. Have you ever shot a big stuff. one like that? A big one like that? No, 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 no. I'm I'm not a trophy hunter. I just wait on broadside. <laughs> so, yep. I, I'm, Meat I'm, in the freezer, I'm, man. I'm, yep, that's exactly right. Well, awesome. I, I love it. I'm really happy talking to you guys. You guys, you know, we can't wait to see what you guys have coming up for 2021 and the, the new episodes that you guys have. Again, it was, yeah, tell us again the platforms. You got Carbon TV, right? You guys are on, on Carbon TV too? Uh, so some of our stuff, actually, we're, we're not supposed to be on Carbon. We, um, but I think some of our older, older stuff is up okay. there. Back when it was a show name and i think they changed the show names i don't know what's going on there um but the the most of it is uh amazon prime most recent stuff is amazon prime and sportsman's channel uh we'll start airing again in january um we air third quarter and first quarter and um first quarter being january february and march and sunday nights at seven o'clock eastern so love it man i can't wait this is the story of the one As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Grainger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quitgranger.com or just stop by. Grainger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.